Sabos. What's up, hard-headed fans? Welcome in. Episode 13. Uh, unlucky number, I guess, but a lot of great content for you on this episode. We got a new guest, as you can see, our good friend Brendan Keelan, who uh, is in our fancy baseball league. So it just made sense to get him on to talk baseball. Brendan, let's you introduce yourself to the fans here. Yeah, so I'm Brendan. Um, mostly just a baseball guy, so I'm not going to do too well with some of the Q&A questions today. But uh, I figured I'd yeah, come on and there. make sure that uh, Fetty and Spinny hear some good takes for once. Damn. Spinny, <laughs> you're just going to let that let him say that? I mean, everybody roasting my baseball takes, so I guess, <laughs> I mean, I mean, shit. Yeah, I, I guess, guess you just... can't really defend yourself there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm interested like in hearing. Uh, I'm interested in hearing what my uncles and my and my dad will have to say after this episode. It's been it. Hopefully, yeah. They might. They might permanently want it. you off for baseball. They might just be like, hey, "Let's just get Brendan back on here for baseball." <laughs> they just cut me. They just cut <laughs> well, me off. All right, I, boss. Here's the thing. I'm gonna interrupt you though. Before you uh, do this, I need bring it. Bring it back to all of us. All right, I'll bring it back. All right. We're going to get sad here for a minute. We're going to shout out my guy, Adrian Payne, Tim oh. Michigan State That's alum, RIP. Yep. He's killed in a shooting this morning in Florida. Tough for him. He, I'll let, I'll let Bus tell you this story because he knows it better than me, but he was kind of most famous probably for his uh, Michigan State uh, charitable work with this uh, girl. Yeah, Lacey Hallsworth. Uh, she ended up actually passing away. When was that? A couple, couple years ago. It had to be four, five, six years ago by now. But uh, she was a, a little eight-year-old girl who was battling cancer, and she became really close with Adrian Payne. Um, he basically, I mean, he said that was his little sister. So, like, they were that close. And uh, definitely a lot of people remember Adrian Payne for for what he did for Lacey. He was just, he was always there. He brought her on the court. You know, he let her cut the net down with him, all that kind of stuff. You just search Adrian Payne and Lacey Hallsworth. You'll see tons of pictures of them together. Just, you can tell that she's absolutely loving her life. And and you can also tell uh, what she means to Adrian as well. So it, it's definitely a sad story. You hate to see people go, especially that young, only 31 years old, um, especially in a tragic way like that to, to be shot and killed at 2 a.m. this morning. And yeah, that that's sad news. And I saw a ton of NBA players tweeting, tweeting about it. Ton of them. RIP. So, I guess Payne. the only, yeah. RIP agent Payne. I guess the only, I don't know what word I'm trying to look for here, but at least he's up there with Lacey now. They're, uh, they're united again. And so, yeah, I mean, RIP. Had a cool that life. Sad. You had terrible a, giving. Gosh. Yes. You ah, you had to go depressing there, huh? That that was good. I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was depressing, yeah. but I felt like it needed uh it, it needed, needed, needed a shout out. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we're gonna do big update today. MLB will go, we'll start the national league. Way way Three. too early update. Right, right, right. This is just our, our one-month update here. Uh, three little ways we'll update you. We'll just give you the leaders, uh, division leaders and statistic leaders. Then we'll talk our uh, own personal 
biggest surprise and biggest appointments, disappointments thus far. Obviously, like Spinny said, very early into the season, so a lot can happen. But as we stand now, the Mets are actually the number one team in the in the NL. That's really surprising. Brendan, what do you think about the Mets being the number one team so far one month into the season? I mean, how many times have the Mets started out like this, and then by the time you get to August, it's just a dumpster fire? They, Right, they fade, yeah. I mean, I like seeing them win. They got some guys on their team that you just want to cheer for, but – at the same time, they're kind of like the angels for me. I would never put any faith into them. That's fair. They do. Yeah. Those are definitely fair points. When's Jake coming back? Never. Never? Oh, he'll be back. Yeah. But he'll be back for three starts and he'll be back on the IL. If, if they can get if they can get Blake, if they can get Jake back and go Jake, Max, and uh and Bassett, that's that's gonna be tough. McGill's been dealing with Tyler Miguel is a four. And Miguel, yeah. yeah. Miguel, yeah. That's tough. And Lindor's having tough. a comeback here. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people to... expected that, but. That's usually That's... a trend in baseball. These players usually go up and down here and there. They'll have an off year, and then the next year they'll rebound. That's that's a pretty typical. Lindor's Especially going to a new home ballpark. It's just. Right. Yeah. Took them a year to get used to. Switching, uh, True, especially going still mid. Not only in, <laughs> shut up, not only a new ballpark, but new league too. Going from AL to yeah. NL, uh, sometimes yeah. that's different as well. So why? Why is that I guess, different? You're hitting a baseball. No, it's not. I, <laughs> I hear you that. You're fielding I'm a baseball. Statistically, though, I'm talking statistically, historically. Why? If you look at guys that switch leagues, they tend to at least in the first season struggle. You're seeing, on this. This. I don't you're seeing new arms that you haven't seen before. You know, it's not like he's right. hitting the Twins pitchers anymore or the Royals pitchers. He's going to a whole new division and league. So it's it's a lot of new guys that he hasn't hit against before. Simple. Yeah, right. Yeah, Spain, what do you got to say about that? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> In terms yeah, of the rest the of the here. Not really surprising. I guess the main surprise would be the Rockies, actually, as we stand one month into the season in the wild card spot. Wow, no one anticipated them to start like that. I figured they'd just be ass all season, but I think I saw yesterday that uh, all five NL West teams are above 500. Which, if you would have told me wow. that 30 games into the season, they would all be above 500 like two months ago, I would have laughed in your face. Yeah. You know, like the top three, Padres, Giants, Dodgers. Only two of them are above 500 now. Oh, really? Yeah, just the Angels and the Astros. No, NL. Well, not NL, NL, brother. I'm sorry. Bringing the A game today. You're right. You're right. Gosh, I'm (laughs) – ignore me, hard-headed fans. We're just – we're living on Monday today, so. (laughs) It's a Monday. Wow. Uh, statistic leaders, I guess Manny Machado is, he's trying to do something different this year. 385 batting average. He, I feel like Machado is usually a guy that starts off slow and then picks it up. Not the other way around, but I, I could be wrong, but I feel like that's usually how he, he starts his seasons, but 385 batting average. That's absurd. Yeah. And I'm, oh, go ahead, Brendan. I will say I think he is getting lucky just a little bit because based on stat cast statistics, his expected batting average is 314. But 
he's still in like the okay. 90th percentiles and all the hitting statistics are the ones that matter anyway. So, I mean, it's how, do, is that, how is that determined? It's based on where the ball is hit, the launch angle and the exit velocity. And then it kind of okay. like, it takes that and all the other hits across the league into some giant formula and shits it out the other end. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's funny with baseball, the, the amount of different statistics there are. Baseball definitely has the most. <laughs> Sure. Statcast changed the game. It's insane. Yeah, like, honestly. I got to give a shout out. I'll talk about this more later, but CJ Crone, nice, just random 33, 34-year-old season. He just decides to just rake at the beginning. So we'll talk about – I'll leave the stats for later when we talk about them, but that's been crazy. I also find it crazy that there's eight pitchers with four wins in the NL. Like – a lot of guys are starting off hot. Spinny, didn't you say there's three on the Mets alone? Yeah, Bassett and uh, Scherzer and Miguel all have four and, wins. And Miguel. So That's just yeah. – that's insane. 12, 12 of their 20 wins have been decided by those three pitchers. So a lot, a lot of uh, NL pitchers are definitely starting off hot. So we'll see which ones can maintain this success and which ones will uh, start to fade. Hopefully it's not Pablo Lopez who I will talk about next here on our surprises. Uh, but, Brandon, we'll let you go first with Rowdy Tellez. Why has he been the biggest surprise to you in that now? Has he been rowdy he, or what? Uh, he has been rowdy. <laughs> and it's ah. been pissing the pitchers off, man, let me tell you. Rowdy's got the – he's in the 100th percentile for expected weighted on base average, which is basically like expected average but for on base wow. percentage for those who don't know. He's in the one hundred. Okay, you need to slow that. Give me that stat at a slower speed, <laughs> so I can I can catch up here. Because what was what was the stat even? Expected weighted on base average. So, <laughs> like how <laughs> weighted on base average? Okay, yeah. okay. Baseball I hope nerds behind as me, listeners. <laughs> baseball nerds such as myself refer to that as X woba. <laughs> Ex Woba, uh, okay. <laughs> man, I feel like I'm out, and you guys are, and you're just like talking at a level that I can't understand. Honestly, I feel like I yeah, have to make fun of you for talking over my head right now. He's he's also in the 100th percentile for expected slugging, and the 88th percentile for expected uh, batting average, and his whiff rate is like it's league average. So he's just he's putting the ball in play, and he's hitting it hard, and it's working for him. Um, God, I already forgot what I was going to say, but Rowdy, he, uh, doesn't he already have like 20, almost 25 RBIs, something around there, I believe. 24. 24 RBIs. Yeah. That's, that's impressive for first month of the season, especially a guy like him who's never really blown up, I guess. He's hasn't really been anything thus far in his career. Yeah, uh, the Brewers are getting out of Rowdy what the Blue Jays were looking for, for sure. And Rowdy's still only like 26 years old too, right? Like he's this this may be his uh coming out party. You may see more of this coming for uh, years forward. Yeah, he's 27, so he's probably got a few good years ahead of him right. if he can keep it up. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, he's definitely a a big surprise this year, no doubt. Mine is just Pablo Lopez. Uh, back on our MLB preview, I said that Sandy Alcantara would be the breakout player in the NL. 
And may, I guess I picked the wrong wrong Marlins pitcher at least one month into the season. Pablo Lopez, as you saw on the previous slide, uh, leads MLB in ERA. One flat ERA through a, a whole month. He's 4-1, whip. You know, he's only given up five total runs in 36 innings pitch. So just an unreal start to the season for Pablo Lopez. I even have uh, the batting average written down here for opposing players. 186 batters are are hitting against Pablo Lopez so far this year. Just 186. 186. He's just mowing these guys down left and right. So. I wish this was Alcantara that I'd be talking about with this kind of start, but but Pablo Lopez, he's uh, putting people on notice for sure. Yeah, we're glad it's not Alcantara. Boo, Alcantara. <laughs> Shut up, Spinny. Spinny. All right, dive into CJ Crone. Well, this man's 34. Um, only time I've heard of him his whole career is when he played with the Twins in 2019. Never been much of a – much of a guy, but he's hitting 311 with nine home runs and 24 RBIs so far this season. So he's absolutely been balling in the middle of the uh, Rockies lineup, and he's a huge reason why the Rockies are good. Leads them in all three stats. He's just been the guy. So I've got to give CJ Crone a shout out. And the Rockies have been good. And so that was crazy. I thought they were going to be a bottom four team in the league. So. So I got to, yeah, give credit first, quick start. I mean, the other thing is that, you know, they are only, what, uh, 16 and 12, I believe. Yeah. So um, four games over 500. So this could change by next week. But we're kind of setting ourselves up right. to be wrong <laughs> with this bad boy. But really cool, good start for uh, for Colorado. Absolutely. Now into the disappointments. Phillies, they've definitely uh, had a disappointing start, Brendan. Yeah, Shaking they're fourth. What do you got about them? They're fourth in the NL East right now. And if you just look at their batting lineup, you would think this is at least a wild card team. But their starter ERA is 24th in the league at 4.06. And their bullpen ERA is 26th in the league at 4.43. That is not – you're not going to win like that. No. And I think moving forward, Aaron Nola and – uh Zach Wheeler are going to get better. Wheeler came into the season dealing with a shoulder injury and was not putting everything into the velo. And we've seen in his last couple starts, the velo is trending up. And that's why his last starts, 13 and two-thirds innings pitched with zero earned runs and like seven hits. He's been way more effective. So I think those two guys are going to get better. That'll bring the starter ERA down, but something's got to be done about the bullpen. Yeah, absolutely. They they, they got a hit, too. This to them. I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna steal Buss's thunder because I picked. Yeah, a guy go in go into so Reese Hoskins. Gonna... Reese Hoskins, 189 average from the season so far. Um, his on base is 291 Ouch. with a 347 slugging. So yeah, oh. uh, this man can't hit the ball. His WAR is literally negative. So uh, that's always that's always what you want. Um, his WAR is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought this man was gonna step up and maybe be be a guy one of these last couple seasons, and he's just never done it. And so I've just it's a big career disappointment for Hoskins for me. So uh, we're just I just overall just gotta put him on this list because man, he's been awful. He just needs to step up. Maybe this will be motivation. Hopefully, he'll listen to it. Rise will listen to it, and then uh, he'll still be asked because yeah. I wonder if he's a oh, sorry a weekly hard headed sports listener or not. Of course he is. He came uh, out of the minors. 
he came out of the minors so hot a few years ago. Do you remember that? Eight home runs in like 10 yeah. games or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's Shame. why, yeah, he, everyone thought he was just going to become, you know, the next guy in the league, but it, that has not been the case thus far in his career. And yeah, I think he'll probably he's 29 now. So it's up. probably, it's probably done for. It's you know? getting there. It's getting you there. Already you are at 29. Let's be real. And he's had his issues yeah, with staying healthy too on top of it. So true. Yeah, facts. I guess my d- disappointment uh, is a guy I have confidence in to flip it around. I think Freddie Peralta, obviously based on last year, um, he should be able to flip it around and and be better going forward. But to start the season with a five ERA, that's just absolutely um, pathetic for a guy of his caliber. And his whip is one point three five two. That's just these are not acceptable numbers so far. He's given up 1. thirteen runs. Bad. That could be worse. That's above. That's above average, or I mean, below average though. And thirteen runs in twenty three innings. That's definitely not good. Number. Not so not good. just a bad, just a bad start to the season for for Freddie Freddie Peralta. But I do have faith in him uh, flipping this around. Uh, one promising statistic he does have is 11.7 K per nine so far. So that that's a very promising statistic. He's uh, obviously still able to to mow guys down at a, a very good rate. So he just got to um, fix his control a little bit and, and lower these runs given up, and he'll be able to flip it around. But so far, definitely been a huge disappointment for Freddie Peralta. Now the AL – Wow. It's kind of gross to me that the Yankees and the Mets are, are leading the two leagues right now. Both New York teams. Oh, and I think both Mets, LA Mets teams are fine, too. but Mets are fine, but Yankees. But... Yeah. Brendan, you are right. Both LA teams lead the AL West as well. So the LA and New York teams, these big markets they're they're showing out to start the season. I not really fans of any of those teams, but I guess. That's what you get oh, when you pay. The, the the big markets are winning in a sport without a salary <laughs> cap where they can just buy the best players? Really? Weird. Oh, I'm surprised <laughs> that that would happen. That's really, like, mind-blowing to me that that would be the case. Wow. I'm glad we fix see the Rays. Get a salary cap, now. MLB. Seriously, get a salary cap. Seriously, Yes. Let's make some it good competition. BS. Holy cow. That's a that's maybe another debate for a for a different episode. I feel like Spinny wants to go in on that topic. I do. I <laughs> He's do want to go up in here. on that. Shit's baloney. Honestly. You're not wrong though. You're definitely not wrong. But at least we got teams like our Twins and uh, the Rays who don't have high um, salary caps and they're still performing well. I'm just, I am a little shocked nice. that Twins are 18 11 to start the year. That. Uh, I was not expecting that, but we've had uh, some pitchers step up so far. Dylan Bundy, obviously, he's faded these last two starts, but he uh, he started off really well, and that helped us so far. So, uh, Isn't we'll, it we'll like dive a little more of our last sixteen there, or something like that for us. Thirteen of our last sixteen, what last that we won, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's something along those lines. Yeah, so hopefully we can keep that up. I think. I mean, I don't see why not. The AL Central's terrible literally white Sox only team that are are really in it i think for the long haul but yeah i don't see the indians sorry the guardians 
uh, sticking it out at second place. Uh, it's going to be Twins and White Sox at the top. I mean, if Jose yeah. keeps uh, having more RBIs than games played, then you know, <laughs> yeah, that's a chance. So <laughs> that's something. So let's jump into that. A little batting Player. leaders, huh? 364 Taylor Ward. I've honestly never even heard of this man until this year. So Facts. <laughs> I guess Same. amazing start for him. He is a, was he an outfielder, right? For the Angels, I believe he's an outfielder. So Yes, sir. I guess he's definitely a, a key reason why they're starting 1911. But also Trout. I mean, he, let's knock on wood here. Hopefully he can stay healthy all season. But obviously through 30 games, he has been. So, and he's been yeah. balling out. Who has him in our fantasy league again? I was I was just going to remember that. Uh, hell of a story uh, here, fans. We uh, we messed up our offline draft, and and we this was a me and bus mess up. Me yeah, and bus, this was hundred percent of the blame. Brendan has no blame. None of our other league members have any blame. 50-50, Me and Spinny here. Uh, <laughs> Spinny kept Jose Ramirez in the first round. I forgot to write it down. And so Spinny made another draft pick in the first round. who was Mike Trout. We didn't know what to do about that situation. So we just have Mike Trout as a free agent in our league for the whole entire season. So we just have to look at Mike Trout sitting there averaging like four fantasy points a game. Hitting above 300. Yeah, not good. Not good. (laughs) Jose Ramirez, though. Spinny. I know this has been exciting you um maybe not completely exciting given that uh he's a division rival here but 30 rbis i know he's on your fantasy team that's quite the start to the season for him yeah this man has been raking 30 rbis seven home runs he is hitting wow i would not put not write down the batting average he's hitting 311 as well so he's been absolutely raking so far this year um, yeah, like you said, not really a huge fan of the, the Guardians perspective on that, but Jose's been my guy on my fantasy team, so I uh I got credit credit for that too. His pitchers. Uh, oh, sorry, Brendan. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say quick, his batting average with runners in scoring position has got to be through the roof with 30 RBIs at this point in the season. Yeah, yeah. 28 sure. games, 30 RBIs. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh pitching wise right. though. Four more in the AL tied with four wins. That makes it 13 pitchers already in the MLB have 14 wins. Yeah, that's, 14, that's an huh? insane start. 13. Did I say 14? No, you said 14 wins instead of four wins. I just had to call you four out. Wins. Right. <laughs> four mean, wins. Sorry. I'm, I'm in my rap mood today, so I got to be a rat on the pod for everyone just so the hard-headed <sighs> fans can see it, you know? Uh, my true colors got to come out sometimes. <laughs> a couple of of these pitchers that have four wins are are relievers, but still, that's uh True. that's pretty impressive that there's that many with four wins already. And and Logan Gilbert, unreal start, one point three five ERA. Uh, I'll dive into him a little more as he was my surprise. But Brendan, uh, Justin Verlander here, he obviously has been an elite player. But so why why is this surprising to you? His start to the season. Well, he's in his age 39 season, and he hadn't pitched in a regular season game since 2020, and that was before the right. crackdown on the sticky stuff. So between all those things, coming off Tommy John at that age, crackdown on the sticky stuff, 
nobody really knew how he was going to do, but he's vintage Verlander right now. 1.93 ERA. He's rocking a 8.5 K per nine, which is, you know, still pretty good at his age. So it, it surprised me. Yeah, that those are good points there. Definitely a sub two ERA and, and 39 years old coming off Tommy John. Yeah, that's that's crazy that he's still able to do what he does. He's definitely one of the the greatest pitchers of our generation, no doubt oh, about it. I would say for sure. What him and Scherzer probably would be one and two, just off the top of my head, without like doing any research. I'd say probably I, those two. I think him, Scherzer, and Kershaw are like an automatic three. Right, three. those would be the three. Yeah. yeah. So are we for forgetting sure. about Jake Degrom, or we're just leaving him? Leaving him. I off just. Or what? The, I don't think he's done it. He has enough years. The best ability is availability, so. Spinny. Oh my gosh! Blech. Facts. He's pulling that Blech. out on you. It's facts, though. Blech. Oh, sorry. I just had Especially to throw baseball. Off a little bit. Well, tell him. Tell him he's wrong. It's like yeah, we just talked about. Baseball like, regular season games don't matter. They matter the least of any of the sports. Come on, availability matters the least in the in the majors. Come on. Are you just basing that off of a lot of games or? Yes, I'm basing that off how much the regular season matters in baseball, which is the least of all the professional leagues. Baseball is a sample size sport, though, and that gets put into perspective when you look at Hall of Fame inductees. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. But anyone and their brother can get into the Baseball Hall of Fame anyway, so it doesn't. The guy who invented the curveball got inducted just for that, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is a lot of. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely but a lot Barry of Bonds, but Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, and Pete Rose aren't in it. Sweet, yeah, that's a joke. Sweet, all right. Don't even boss. get started about Pete Rose. Wow, Logan Gilbert. Logan Gilbert instead, yeah. Logan Gilbert, another guy, just kind of like uh Pablo Lopez. I had put um this Mariners as my my breakout team this year, so I was expecting him to to be the guy for the Mariners, maybe. Probably not the best pitcher. I expected Robbie Ray to be the best pitcher, but uh, Lowe Gilbert off to an amazing start. 4-0, 1.36 ERA, uh, 33 Ks, which is makes it 9K per nine innings. Um, those are good stats there. He does have a 1.09 whip, so I was a little surprised to have um, that low of an ERA and not be sub-1 whip, but obviously – Pretty close to one flat ERA. That's obviously still good and uh, slightly above league average. So he's he's doing very well so far. And batters are hitting 207 against them thus far this season. So not quite as good uh, as Pablo Lopez in that regard, but still just an unreal, unreal start to the season for Logan Gilbert. Agreed. The Guardians. Well, I thought the Guardians were going to be bad. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm basing it off of. They're only 14 and 14. They went 500 to start. But I felt like with their rotation and their their lineup, it was going to be some sketchy goings then for them this season. But they've had some big randoms that have done well. Uh, Miles Straw hitting uh, hitting two, 270. Um, Fermio Reyes has three home runs. And then Stephen Kwan, guy random out of nowhere. Just been an absolute G this year so far. Another fantasy pickup for me. Let's go. Um, and then That'll Jose, obviously, obviously leading the way and putting putting everybody in um, as well. And Bieber's been Bieber's been pretty solid, solid himself. Um, 
Obviously, he has a lot of earned runs, but those were at a couple starts at the beginning, and then he's came out a little stronger here as we've gone. Do you, but, uh, do you happen to have his stat line on hand? Um, or no, it's not. No worries if not. He has a he has a four point one. He has a four point one three ERA, but only a one point one seven WHIP, and nine and a half Ks per nine. See, see that's so, so he must just be giving up dingers then, essentially. Yeah, the Blue Jays just he, rocked him. Yeah, he he got yeah. rocked a couple okay. times, but he's been because that he's that that WHIP is almost the same as Logan Gilbert's, and the ERA is like three difference so yeah so it's, it's crazy but but uh overall i think they uh they have been above where where at least i thought they would be as far so they've been a that was a surprise for me yeah i agree even 14 and 14 like you said that's not the greatest but uh i'm with you there that i i thought they would have an even worse record at this point so what i've read about bieber is that he had those shoulder problems last year and uh, they think he picked up some bad habits pitching with that, trying to kind of protect it, but still pitch. And that's why they're uh, seeing his velos down. Do you know how much it is down? By chance or no? I don't know. I think so far his fastball is averaging like 89.8 miles an hour. What? If I'm remembering that right. Isn't he in that 93 range? He's usually 93, 94. If yeah, I'm remembering that right, somebody might wow. want to fact check me on that. But I gotta, I gotta break some news, boys, unrelated to baseball. What's, but what's the break? It's a big, then? big deal for tonight. Um, and a sad, sad one for John me. Morant out or what? Robert Williams out, left knee soreness for the Celtics. So, Rob will in, in, huh. in a must-win game tonight for Boston. No Rob will, so that's that's gonna be tough. But all right, back to baseball. Are we are we on? Are we on to the next slide now? I think we yep, are. We right? are disappointments. Our disappointments. Yeah, you, you guys chat us up about the Red wow. Sox, huh? We're in agreement here. I guess I'm more Red Sox offense specific, but still just as a whole, what's our record? Like ten and nineteen or something ridiculously bad? They're in last place. I know that. They're behind the Orioles. Yeah. So you know something is wrong. <laughs> I mean, they're they're on a five game skid right now and they're over three in save opportunities in five games. That is horrible. I don't nine know. Nine what... saves this year. Yeah. I don't know what you do if you're Alex Cora. Maybe they got a prospect that they need to rush along or I don't know. You got to try something so you can close out ball games because the AL East is not a uh, division you can win by blowing saves left and right. Absolutely. That division is so loaded. It's got to be the most loaded division in, in MLB. It's got to be. NL West and is got, close, I think. Yeah, yeah, that, that division would be close because, I mean, obviously Red Sox, terrible start to season, but theoretically they got four playoff teams in that division. Looks good now. on paper. Right. Looks good on paper for sure. More about these Red Sox. They're, God, they're bottom third in basically every single team statistic for offense. 228 team bad and average, which is 20th. So that's not their worst, but 279 on base percentage, which is 28th in the MLB. 342 slugging, which is 26. Like these, this is just gross numbers for a team that has uh, Trevor Story, Xander Bogertz, Rafael Devers, and JD Martinez. 
I know that's only four of your your nine guys, but still, those are elite players there. And to to only have these team stats, sixteen home runs, twenty eighth in the MLB, only sixteen home runs. Like this is just a a horrendous start, and I'm sure Red Sox fans are just furious right now. Trevor Story, how much do they pay that man this offseason? He's got zero home runs. He hasn't even hit one yet. Ten RBIs, one ninety four batting average. Listen to this. Oh my god, I don't even want to say it. It's so gross. 276 on base percentage and 269 slugging percentage. Like, what kind of numbers are these for a man that's getting paid like 20 mil a year? Oh, do they have his K percentage there, boss? Oh, I didn't. I didn't write it down, but oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> kind of worried. Kind of worried about the K percentage. It's a lot. You got a. Uh, you have anything else you want to say about? This absolutely pathetic start by the the Red Sox, Brennan. No, just talking about him is kind of making me angry, and I don't even like him. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't even like him. That's what. That's the worst part about it is that just this. This is making me angry when it shouldn't. Yeah, you'd rather have a team Advanced you like really bad than a team you don't like. Oof. Here I we think go, it's boys. just a managerial 30. thing, honestly. Yeah, but you think core is bad. I don't think he's very good. Interesting. I think he's below average, I would say. Yeah. Um, Trevor Story's uh, strikeout percentage, though, 33.3%. <laughs> so, oh, one in every three at-bats he's striking out. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Spinny, like, like you mentioned earlier, I can't remember off the top of my head who you said had the negative war, but Trevor Story also has a negative war right now one month into the season, so... <laughs> Just you know who else Red is Sox, a negative got war? to turn it around. You know who else is a negative war? Who? Jose Barrios has a negative war. All right. And that is team. why he's my biggest disappointment. He's the third best pitcher on his team. He's not even a top two pitcher on his team. He's getting outpitched by Manoa and Gosman. He has an ERA of 5.34 with a 1.64 whip and a negative 0.4 war. Ks per nine at 6.3. And he's given up 17 earned runs in 28 innings. So not a great start for Jose Barrios, um, former twin. But uh, I was I was uh, disappointed, I guess, at the time when we got rid of him. But I think he's proven that he's not a one and he can be inconsistent as he was last year. And the start of the season's just proven that again. So biggest disappointment to a guy that used to be my guy, Jose Barrios. Yeah, facts. Absolutely terrible start, but it does help Blue Jays' sake there that they got Gosman and Manoa just absolutely dicing guys up right now to start the season. So that does uh that does help them a little bit. You now what would we to our you, team. You know what would be sucky for somebody, Bus and Brendan? You have any idea what? if uh, if somebody would have traded a guy like Kevin Gosman for I don't know, a guy that got suspended for two years <laughs> last week, last season, uh, when I had Gosman in the 18th round as a keeper. So uh, I don't know who would have done that, but no, whoever that did, pretty dumb. Wow, they are really stupid. I don't know. Yeah. Not not to mention you traded me a 21st round Alcantara keeper. but we, For three guys we'll, that didn't uh, have on my team by the end of the season. So, yeah, that right. was good for me too. We won't dive too oh. much into that. I don't want to um, – Hurt your feelings too bad here, Spinning. But our twins, wow, as we uh, said, off to a amazing start. 18-11. As you see, our home and away split, we 
not very good on, on the road, but um, as expected, we are, are good at home. And our uh, batting leaders, as you see there, Trevor Larnick, I just put, I uh, based this off of at least 50 at-bats. So uh, that's why Trevor Larnick would be our batting average leader. Buxton has nine home runs, and he also has 17 RBIs. Now I'm drawing a blank on who the other guy is that has 17 RBIs. Probably Polanco, I'd imagine. Um, all the pitching stats, though, that's all Joe Ryan. So we uh, Dylan Bundy has three wins right now, and so does Joe Ryan. But 28 Ks, 1.63 ERA. Do you guys expect this out of Joe Ryan in essentially his first year? I think we were all hoping for it. To actually see it is another thing. There's been right. a lot of young guys that have stepped up, especially on the bump. It's and it's a lot of fun to see uh, Ryan Winder and Duran. They're all yeah, fun Ryan Winder. Wow, jo- Josh he, Winder. I was talking about Josh Joe Winder. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. But he, uh, you know, he's made that transition from bullpen to to starting, and through two three starts, he's looking incredible. So hopefully, yeah, he's he can uh, keep that going, him. and we can leave him in that in that uh, position. I am not a fan of Dylan Bundy whatsoever. So we, if we can get him into the bullpen or not like a starting role, that would be absolutely amazing to me. It just Come on. I just, don't I hate on Dylan Bundy, Bundy too much. He's got a great name. Don't <sighs> hate on him. Come on. Come on. Oh my gosh. Vinny, stop. <laughs> and his first three starts. Come on. He started the season. Well, a couple bad ones since then, but we have faith in Dylan right. Bundy. In this house. ERA back over five. Uh, that's pretty typical for him. So <laughs> I'm sure we're not going to see much better from him going forward. What are your guys' expectations? I'm kind of curious. Obviously, Spinny, we've uh, gone into this on our preview. We both had them sliding into the playoffs. But, Brendan, do you think – are we a playoff team? Are we legit? Are we going to be able to keep this up? It depends on how well they can navigate the injury bug. Because – We've already seen it where guys are going down for a week or two at a time and they've navigated it really well so far. And it, I think really the rest of the season rides on that and the starting pitching remaining effective. Cause I think we already have five, at least five wins where the games are only decided by one run. So mm-hmm. as long as the pitching is good, we're definitely a playoff team. Agree. I think, Go ahead, Spinner. I still don't think we're winning the division, though. I think the White Sox are going to win the division, so I honestly do. I think their pitching is going to level out to more where it on the higher end that it probably is going to be over the season, and ours might level out to a little bit lower than them. Um, and I think our lineups are pretty close. We might have a slight edge, but I think they're going to pick up their crappy batting they had to start the year as well. Um, but I think we're a playoff team, like we said. I think we're definitely uh, a um, – five, six seed there somewhere sneaking in. So, Yeah, it's obviously just going to all come down to health, like Brendan said. As long as we got Buxton, Correa, our key pieces for the majority of the season, I don't see how how we wouldn't be a playoff team. Um, obviously, Buxton, his last however many games, 160 games, like if you count over the seasons, he's just been absolutely unreal. So hopefully we can actually finally see Buxton play like more than 120 games. That's what I'm hoping for. That's like – my goal is 120 because um, I don't think he's even – he's maybe had one season over 100. I don't even know if he's hit 100 games yet. So, yeah, uh, I think he obviously, Buxton did that. One. He had that yeah. one season. Right. So, Buxton, that obviously is the main um, concern there. But, but 
so far it's looking good and and knock on wood but i think he'll be able to stay stay healthy this year and, and that'll help us obviously our pitching definitely needs to um keep it up for us to be good joe ryan all of our guys will, will start to fade a little bit like joe ryan's clearly not gonna finish this year with a one six era i hope so yeah. but i doubt that it. would be amazing but i still want yeah. frankie montes i do yeah, I was just going to say that. I do think Fair. we're one one piece away. I think we need to, in order to for sure secure a playoff spot, we need to make another trade for a pitcher, uh, whether it be starter or uh, beef up our bullpen, because obviously we need work in both of those areas. So uh, who would you like to see traded? Like, uh, obviously, we'd probably have to trade um, prospects or or current batters. Uh, my top of the get our top of the head guess would be Kepler. And Sano, I would say, would be the top options. Sano's out. Listening? Yeah, so how so, long is Sano out? Oh, it's got to be a while. It's torn meniscus is what he had surgery for. It's going to be at least six months, okay. I would guess. But, yeah, I can see Kepler going. I mean, he puts the ball in play a lot, but it's a lot of weak contact straight into the shift. He's not been very effective at the plate. Lately, he's been better. But – I could see him going. I could honestly see Polanco going because I can see them wanting to bring Royce up and sticking Royce at second base. And I wouldn't hate that move, to be honest with you, if we get something good in return. So if Polanco can fetch a can fetch a good price like like Monson, like Frankie or or something like that, I could be persuaded, but he's our third best bat. So I don't love getting rid of him either on the on the same token. Yeah. All right. Well, what else? We got anything that's else all to we add, got for us? No, I don't think so. I think that's all we got for our MLB update so far. One month into the season. Stay tuned. Obviously, MLB is a sport where there's lots of waves here. Like players go, players and teams go on uh, good stretches and terrible stretches. So I'm sure a month from now, all of our surprises and disappointments will be completely different. People. So. At least I hope so, especially Freddie Peralta. He better be able to turn that thing around. Wow, here it is. The segment I know Brendan has been waiting weeks to talk about, most overrated player of all time. Wow, we've been texting about this, Brendan and I, for quite some time. And and he literally said this is all he needs to talk about on the pod, at least this topic. <laughs> so we're finally here, Brendan. I'm going to let you go. I guess before we uh, start this, I do want to preface this segment by saying these guys are all obviously good players. We're not saying they're terrible. You know, we're not trying to say that. I mean, look at the names we got on this list here. We're not trying to say these guys aren't good players, but they're overhyped. They're overrated uh, for a lot of key reasons. So, Brendan, what do you got about Derek Cheater, who many consider to possibly be the greatest shortstop of all time? Yeah, and I want to refute what you just said. I am saying that Derek Jeter sucked at shortstop. He was a great hitter. We'll go over some of his hitting stats real quick. 310 batting average. <laughs> sucked. Sucked. In the field? That term. Sucked. <laughs> He's, he sucked in the field, Spinny. Okay. 310 so he was below average, average in the field. Below. I am going to get to that. I just I just got to check you. I got to check your privilege a little bit <laughs> oh, there, Brendan. Wait. So. Okay, so 310 batting average, 122 OPS plus across his career. And if you don't know what OPS plus is, it just averages the on-base plus slugging across the league, and then it ranks you 
it averages 100. So at 120, is, his OPS was 20% better than the league average. So, he, yes, he was a solid hitter at the plate. But here's some defensive stats for you, Spinny. The average defensive war of a Hall of Fame shortstop is 20.15. Derek Jeter's is negative 9.4. Derek Jeter has a has – a, can you give me that stat again, Brendan? Derek Jeter's career defensive war is negative so, 9.4. So he has a negative career defensive war. Yes. Yes. So an average shortstop would have won the Yankees nine more games over the course of his career. And the nine more uh, games over the course of his career. Yes, but the Hall of Fame average is positive twenty. So the average Hall of Fame shortstop was three times better than Derek Jeter defensively. Can I counter this argument before you move on? Go ahead. Okay. Is, is shortstop, is it or is it not a defense or a position that has mainly been dominated by great defenders throughout the history of the league? Yes, typically okay. your best defender is at shortstop, which is why I'm okay. saying Derek Jeter was not a good shortstop. Okay, so Derek Jeter was was a was a defender play, was a player playing at a position that was primarily full of good defenders who were less good hitters. But he has overcame a hitting stats of a lot of shortstops, which makes up for his defensive inability, right? Is, is that is that a, a logical line of reasoning I'm making? I, I would say if you look at him as a whole player with the hitting statistics, he's still a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying as a shortstop, he is well below average. Okay, I can accept that. Move on, sorry. Yeah. But I'm going to throw a little wrench in the mix here. So... Derek Jeter's actually we'll do it this way. Angelton Simmons, basically the complete opposite of Derek Jeter. He is a 280 career hitter, maybe 260. But his defensive run saved in 10 seasons is 197. Derek Jeter's defensive run saves over his career is Negative 165. Okay. So what I'm saying, the old old trope is a run saved is a run earned, right? Yep. Okay. I can follow this. Is there a case for Angelton Simmons to be a Hall of Famer? No, but but do do Angelton Simmons runs – Jeter has way more runs scored than the difference between his runs given up compared to Andrews and Simmons. So for counting runs for runs, Jeter's runs scored are so high that it makes up for it. He, yeah, he, and he also has played in twice as many seasons thus far. True. But I feel like somewhere down the road, Andrelton Simmons might be one of those sneaky like Veterans Committee Hall of Fame inductees. Stop. Stop. That's freezing. It's that's one of my freezing hot, gold takes. That's, that's, some that's freezing one gold of my takes. hot I'm takes. Sorry. What? That's, yeah. hot, that's hotter. That's like surface of the sun hot. Honestly. Huh, well, and there was like multiple years where Jeter was uh, selected as an all-star where 
he was only like the seventh or eighth best shortstop in the league in terms of war. So like his career accomplishments are pretty bloated for playing on the Yankees. His career hitting stats are basically identical to Joe Mauer's. Like if Joe Mauer played for the Yankees, we'd be calling him the best catcher of all time. So I just, yeah. I think Jeter's overrated. I, okay. I can respect that, but how it, it is hard to compare players who played on better teams. Obviously, players that have played on better teams, we're going to give more credit to given postseason success and such. Right. Yeah. But if, you know, if Jeter played 20 years for the Royals, who cares? Facts. You know, no, I I can, I can understand that. I can respect that. Facts. If he played 20 years for the Royals, he'd have zero rings. So, no, he would have had one. Well, if he was on, still on the team at that time, yeah. Was he still in the league in 2015? Nope, he yeah. retired in 2014. Okay. So maybe he would have missed it. All right. Hey, are you convinced yeah, that he's the most overrated player? Are you still, no, you but, still not? No, I'm not convinced, but Brennan made some good arguments. I'll give it to him. Some of them were good. I just uh, – I'm a Derek, Derek Jeter stan, even though I hate the Yankees. So I got to admit I'm biased. But we're good arguments. Good arguments, I will admit. And, okay, I don't – before I start diving into Nolan Ryan here, I don't necessarily think that um, he might like is the most overrated Nolan Ryan specifically, but uh, he is definitely extremely overrated. And I think I'm in agreement with uh, Brendan. Actually, I, I like Derek Jeter, but he is uh, extremely overrated, definitely based off those defensive stats. Those are, those are pretty pathetic, especially compared to other hall of fame shortstops. So, um, uh, given how big defense is at the shortstop position, I think it's totally fair to to put such an emphasis on uh, the defensive stats and performance by Jeter there. But um, so no one right. guards that don't have assists suck too, or what? Duh, that's what you're saying. That's what you're you don't saying. want. You don't you can want. Have your, you can have different want. style players at traditionally defensive positions. Come on. What we're saying, Dame Lillard can't he scores too much, or what? He's a point guard that scores too much. Jeter was a shortstop that hit too much, or what? You just said zero. Tra- assists, tra- though. Dame no, at I least said six. No, I said point guards that are. Did I say zero assists? I'm sorry, I didn't mean zero. You assists, did, but, but I point exaggerating. I'm sure. Point guards that are more score first than assist first. I'm just saying that. Okay, I I get what you're saying. Yes, but I also I get what you're Brendan's arguments on Derek Jeter. I just have to defend my guy, Loki. Listen, Nolan if he played Ryan, second Nolan. base, I'd probably call him a goat. But but no, really. <laughs> interesting. That is interesting. Nolan Ryan, twenty-seven seasons. Did you boys know in twenty-seven years this man did not win one single Cy Young award? Uh, there's. Plenty of people that believe that Joe, uh, Nolan Ryan, I'm sure my dad might be one of them, uh, is the top five pitcher of all time. There's just there's just no way. you got to have a Cy Young if you're going to be a top five pitcher, especially pitching 27 seasons. And, of course, I go back and look at all, the, all of his individual seasons. I'm sure there were some where he uh, got snubbed, where he should have maybe won. So I'm not saying that, but still, to not win one single Cy Young in 27 years, that is a, that's, that's a big point of mine. And another point would be his overall win percentage. It's only 
524. His record's 324 and 292 over his career. So uh, not very even good in the win-loss column. And in 27 years, he only made eight All-Star games as well. So I, I would have expected that to at least be a double-digit number uh, for a guy that's supposed to be considered one of the best pitchers of all time. But no Cy Youngs, eight All-Stars in 27 years, and barely above 500 win percentage. Uh, those those are three main points of mine, and he also has the most walks in MLB history. So that is uh, that's a huge note. He's basically at that point, he's basically just a K pitcher. He he's mowing guys down at an absolutely elite rate. So don't get me wrong, he leads the MLB in career uh, strikeouts and in career no nos. So when he's on and he's striking people out, he's able to mow guys down um, left and right. But he's pretty one dimensional in that regard which is why you see his other stats, like his win-loss and things like that, are, are pretty mid in comparison to a lot of the other greats. So that's why I think Nolan so he, Ryan is, is definitely in the conversation for most overrated player of all time. So he was very inconsistent. When he had his stuff on, he was virtually unhittable, but he was right. very inconsistent as to whether how on he was. I can, I can get right. behind that. How about Roger Maris, Finney? Roger Maris. Basically oh, one before you dive into Roger Maris, I do want to say this is not Roger Maris. Spinny switched his <laughs> pick and uh, didn't update the picture. This is Reggie Jackson down there. Uh, that's not Roger Maris. So. <laughs> I was wondering. Well, go ahead. I looked close. <laughs> sorry, boys. I, uh, boys and girls and everyone. I'm sorry. I uh, missed messed that up. But uh, Roger Maris. Basically only had one good season in his career. Um, he had his 1961 season that he had 61 home runs and 141 RBIs. Other than that season, he never had over 40 home runs in a different season. Played 12 seasons. Um, he only had two other seasons in his career with over 100 RBIs. His career batting average is 260. He only has 275 career home runs. So he had 61 in one of his 12 seasons, but only has 275 career. Um, and only 850 career RBIs. So um, Roger Maris, I just feel like he's a guy that a lot of people think is, you know, one of those top, top GOAT type players. And uh, I don't think he is. I think he's overrated. I think his one really good statistical season kind of um, overweighs what he actually was as a player. So that's why I went to Roger Maris, most overrated player. I agree, Spinny. I think the uh, single season home run record, you know, beating Babe Ruth's record was really the only thing that cemented his legacy. And and I will say baseball is a, is a record sport like that. So that is something that is big and important, especially he held it, you know, for 37 years or whatever. So that's obviously um, something that's obviously something, but uh, to have him as high as some people have him, I think, is quite the stretch. Another Yankee. Good points. I like it. Another Yankee. Wow. <laughs> All right. Let's. You know what time it is, boys? Vinny, you know what time it is? Trivia. <laughs> oh, my God. Your little dance moves, do, man. They always boo do boo do boo do boo do boo do boo do yeah, we're uh, is for that brand new trivia song or what? We're gonna make Spinny create a, a trivia beat by himself, okay? So, 
Yeah. Look forward to that. So, so all you guys <laughs> have to listen to my crappy humming the rest of our episodes. You know, you know what I just thought about, Spinny? You have not paid up on your March Madness bet. I just randomly thought of that. Get your ass in a Kansas shirt right now and sing, sing the Kansas school song oh, or something. No. You need to pay up on this bet. So next episode, fans, I'm making – Spinny pay up on that bet. It's been weeks. Ooh. I can't believe I just thought of that now. Anyway, I honestly trivia. forgot about that as well. <laughs> right. For exactly. Me. Um, trivia though, Brendan, let's let you go first. You can ask uh, Spinny and I your questions. We'll answer. I'll keep track of our, our scoring here on my notes. Alrighty. So we'll do the we'll start with the easy question. Which Hall of Fame shortstop has the lowest defensive war? Hmm. I want to hear you say Derek it. Cheater? Derek Cheater, final answer. Yep. Final answer. That is correct. <laughs> once. Did you want me to do all my questions at once, Buff? No. Yeah, it's been do switching. We'll do one at a time or what? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can I need to go now, Buss? I'll go. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Go last because he sucks. Um, this is the easy question. Easy. Which athlete had his number ninety nine jersey retired by the entire NHL in nineteen ninety nine? Easy. Wayne Gretzky. Final answer. Brendan. I yeah, well, I was going to say Wayne Gretzky. That's the only person I would know, to be honest. It is Wayne, it is Wayne Gretzky. Oh, let's go. What? For some reason, I do not remember 99 being his number. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Yes, you are. Oh, well. That's another point for me. I'm up two points. It's assuming you guys both get this. We'll all be tied after the easy round. Who currently this season leads the National League? In home runs. We went over this today. I think I have my answer. Okay. Let's see what Spinny is ready. Go ahead, Brendan. You ready, Spinny? CJ Crone. CJ Crone. Yep. Good job, boys. We are now tied at two apiece. Brendan, your medium. Okay. The easy Who question. is the oldest player to hit their first career home run? And I'll give you a hint. The anniversary of this event happened recently. You know, Bus? Bus has to answer. If you know it, I think I know. If you know it, yeah. Give me a second because I, I don't think I know this. Oldest player to hit their first home run and the anniversary of it was recently. Right? That's what you said. Um, mm -hmm. Sheesh. This guy hit his first home run in our lifetime. Can you give me that hint? Yes. Or is, it, is this an old I'll give guy? you another hint. It is our former, former twin. Former oh, twin. Oh, I definitely know. I know. <laughs> I'm going to say that and then get it wrong. That's the best part. Mmm. Mmm. I'm just going to go. Uh, Toy Hunter. I don't think it's right. Final answer. <laughs> Bartolo Cologne. Final answer. 
The correct answer is large, attractive, aka big, sexy Bartolo Colon. Let's go! Baseball questions, baby. Come on. Good job, Spinny. No. All right. Medium question. Damn it. Which which rookie quarterback started all 16 games for the Dolphins in 2012? Rookie quarterback started all 16 games in 2012. I might actually know this. A name just like popped in my head. It I should totally know this, wrong. but I feel like I'm wrong. I'm just gonna go Ryan Tannehill. Final answer. That's I can't be right. Fuck. That's my final answer. Ryan Tannehill. I was, I was gonna say Colt McCoy. <laughs> No, you going with I, it? Don't. Yeah. It's right. I don't know. No. Oh well. I don't remember that. It's era like that's been very well. Tied up. I suppose uh cuz I don't think you guys are getting this one. My medium question, only player to win the MLB MVP in both leagues. Oh, oh I know one. this. I know it too. This question is breaking my soul because I know it and I can't remember the name. Was it in the nineties, boss? Um, I guess I don't have the years written down, to be honest. But yes, he is a majority nineties player, yeah. Ah, this irritates me that Finney probably knows this. Because that means he's gonna be the lead. Else for you. 10, 10 seconds, Brendan. Looking at the yeah, timer. I'm tapping out. I got a face in my brain, and I can't think of the name. No answer for Brendan. Go for it, Spinny. Ken Griffey Jr., final answer. Yes. Incorrect. The The correct answer is Frank Robinson, only guy to win in both leagues. Didn't Griffey win for the Reds and the Mariners? Nope. All right, well, that was not what I was thinking of. Based on MLB MVP Wikipedia page, Frank Robinson is the only guy to win in both leagues. Hmm. All right, your hard question. uh, Okay, which defensive play has only happened fifteen times since nineteen hundred in the MLB? Defensive play. Mm-hmm. 15? Mm-hmm. This might, this might not, yeah, this might not be it, but. Since 1900, defensive play. Mm. I, I don't even know if I got an answer, to be honest with you, boys. Because the only thing that comes to my head is triple play. There's no way that's only happened 15 times. That's, that's what I, that's There's what no chance. Is. Triple play is my answer. All right, I'm Final. just going to go with that too, even though I know it's wrong. So you guys are both pretty close. It's the unassisted triple play. Ah. ah. There it is. Half that a makes point. sense. That makes more sense. Yeah, sure, we'll take the half point. Sense. 
even those freaking that one's pretty hard. I mean, I never would have guessed that if you guys asked. All right, my final hard question is: Which 19-year-old became the youngest man to win the U.S. Open tennis title? U.S. Open. Youngest hmm. person to win the U.S. Open. Youngest U.S. Open champ. This is a uh, lifetime. Is or pro- no? Nope, and this is probably a top five tennis player of all time. I would say. I've got it down to two guys. I don't know which one's right, but okay. So not our lifetime. I got two names that pop in my head. <laughs> okay, this is not I'm gonna go. That's what you said, right? Not in our lifetime. Not in our lifetime. Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna go. I don't. I really don't know if this is right, but this is the only one of the only old guys I can think of. Um, might even butcher his last name. Pete Sampras. Sampras, yep. That's that right. Sampras. I think that's how you say his last name. Forrest Gump. That's my final answer. Forrest Gump. I, I swear I'm in a stinking time where Pete Sampras is right. I was right? Yeah. Was I like thought you were going to say Agassi. The only old tennis player that came to my head, pretty much. Wow. Spinny. I thought there was no way you were getting that, honestly. You know what the score is now? What? With one question remaining. I'm up seven. You have six. Brennan only has two points. Uh... <laughs> this one. That means you have to get this right. Otherwise, or half right. Eddie if bonus. I get it half right, I get a point and a half, and I slide the I do. half point win. There is a bonus. There is a bonus on my hard question here. So you have a chance to um, get some extra points. The only tie in MLB MVP history. What year did it happen? And um, if you could give me one or both of the two players that tied for MVP, uh, you can get bonus points. But I am having that feeling you guys aren't getting this year. Okay. One hand, feel- not in our lifetime. We were not yeah. born when this happened, but it is, uh, I would say, modern baseball. It's not like it's like a 1910 year or something you got to throw out. So, I feel like I've read this before, and I cannot remember who or what. Only Ty. I I odd feeling you guys have no, no chance of getting the names, the players' names. Maybe, but. What I would okay if this if if I get the decade right, can that be like a hint? And then if I get it wrong, I can just be out. That's fair. I'll let you guys both get a second guess if you get the decade right. Was it in the sixties? What's your guess for the you gotta give me a year? What, you said decade. No, but you if give, you give me your in the decade you want. Oh, okay. Yeah. Guess. Okay. 1968. Spinning, what's I gotta I gotta I gotta get both before I tell you what's right or wrong here. I'll go 1979. Oh what? my god. Okay, Brendan, you're wrong. Spinny, 
The answer is 1979. No way! <laughs> Let's go! What? I saw some Googling the going on over there. Googling? Yeah. <laughs> the answer quick. Yep. Keith what? Hernandez and Willie Stargill. Okay, Stargill. I've heard of Stargill. I never heard of Hernandez, but I've definitely heard of Stargill. But yeah. Hmm. Wow. I literally just take that L to you like that. I've got a random question. Guess. That was a that was a buzzer beater to win right there by me. That was like a half court nail fest. Well, I have Gosh. a bonus question. Sudden death. Yeah. What's your bonus question? Which MLB pitcher considered quitting baseball altogether to mow lawns or be a garbage truck driver? What? This is our life. Like a legend. Is this, like this, a, is our, a, this is our lifetime, and when I tell you, you're going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. In Randy my opinion, Johnson. Hall of Famer. No, Ooh, I, can, okay. I can say Ooh, that your he's, opinion a Hall of Famer. Okay. Yes. Yes. Interesting. That kind of uh, takes and I can out tell a lot you, of you guys. Huh? He is an active player. He is an active player. An active and pitcher. most likely a Hall of Famer to you. Yeah. Uh, Consider quitting baseball to be a garbage truck driver or mow lawns full time. I'm gonna go. Um, hmm. This pitcher also asked his franchise if he could remain in the minors because he had more fun there. <laughs> Gosh, what? <laughs> I don't even. Um, I don't even have a guess. I just kind of want to know who this person is. This is hilarious. As soon as point. I say it, you're just gonna be like, "Wow, yeah." That is it. A Twins pitcher? No, sir. Trevor Bauer. Final answer. It's not right. Is that Trevor Bauer. <laughs> don't waste me. It's Zach Grinky. It's Zach Grinky. Yep. I need yes. to buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> like ASAP. Yeah, ASAP I think right I now. think you do. That was pretty good, Spinny. I didn't wow. think that was right. Oh yeah, he's kind of he's a little different, <laughs> you know. I love that guy though. That's funny. Garbage. So I just guy, dominated right? the crap out of trivia. By the way, get trivia smashed. No, you Boom, didn't. Bang, get dom- you didn't dominate. You beat me by three points. Relax. I scored nine points in trivia and got that. That's 10. That's 10 points in trivia for me today. Ten. That's the record. I got seven. The record is no one's ever beat 10. I just I just got the record for most trivia points. So Okay, but we also usually don't have a bonus, so I'm giving your – Has your, anyone got like a hard question right nine. before? You know what? I'm going to have to go back and look at that. I was wondering the same right before this episode. We, we got so. two hard My... questions right today. I don't know if that's ever Yeah, happened. literally. Right. All right. All right. Well, we love you. That does it for trivia. That does it for Brendan's episode. Uh, Brendan, you have any closing comments? No, not really. Thanks for having me. I had fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun uh, talking talking with you. And hopefully, we can get you back on here this summer when it's uh, just baseball going on. We'll get you back on in the dog days and we'll we'll argue Derek Cheater again. Yeah, when the Mets are uh, (laughs) two games below 500 and the dream is ending. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> and Buxton's on the sixty-day DL. Hopefully, uh, don't say hopefully that. Hopefully for the Yankees too. 
hopefully their uh, season starts collapsing here too. I hope so. Thanks, All right, boys. Brendan. Thank you. All right. See you, Brendan. Now, uh, our next topic will be UFC 274. We got another guest joining us for this segment, our UFC savant. Fred Van Mazza, back on the pod. <laughs> we get you back on for uh, UFC 274. And we yeah, I, couldn't, I could not make it to, to the last one for 273, but I'm glad I'm back on, back on the Rat Podcast. So... <laughs> <laughs> Rats are in the trap on this podcast. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Sure. So, UFC, right. UFC 274, we're going to talk the three main fights. Uh, in our eyes, the three main fights. Let's start with Michael Chandler versus uh, Tony Ferguson. Second round KO. Chin to, or Kick to the chin. Ooh. What a kick. What that a kick. Absolutely <laughs> unexpected. I can't yeah. lie. I was I was looking at my phone when it happened, and oh. I and I I heard the announcers absolutely freak out. I looked up, and Tony Ferguson is unconscious. And let me say, he was unconscious for an unhealthy amount of time. I was scared for him. I thought he might have, like, I don't know, like broke his neck or something from the power of that kick or something, because he was he was lifeless with his feet crossed. Yeah. I was back like, in his head for it had to have been a minute and a half of just an unhealthy amount of time. It was crazy. He's got to have some permanent brain damage from that kick. He was the only oh one from gosh. he was the only one from the event that got sent to the hospital. So, yeah, which understandably after that, I mean, understandably, right? After the fight, too, I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, McGregor uh, was tweeting some stuff during that fight, and after the fight. Tony is calling out both Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys see that or no? Tony or Chandler? Who? Yeah, who'd you say? Tony was calling out uh, Poirier and McGregor because during the fight, uh, like McGregor was like, you know, kind of tweeting dumb stuff and was kind of roasting uh, yeah, Tony as, as usual. Yeah, and and same with <laughs> Poirier. So they like Poirier said something about how like neither of these two are better than me, blah blah blah, or something like that. So. He called out both of those guys. Is it possible we see uh, Tony Ferguson fight Dustin Poirier or Conor McGregor here in the future? Um, I think I we think, get Michael Chandler and Conor McGregor. I think that yeah, is possible. I think that I think face. that is the matchup for sure. But but Conor McGregor is still he's still recovering from his broken leg. You know, he's not going to be right. ready for at least another couple of months. So all these people calling out Conor, I mean, it's just he's not going to be ready. It's a it's a money grab. Connor, right. like when when Oliveira at the end of the fight called out Connor, I thought that was pretty dumb. There's no shot that McGregor can beat Oliveira. I don't think McGregor wins against Poirier. I don't think McGregor wins against um, Chandler. I don't think. I think McGregor's pretty much washed, to be honest. Yeah, all those guys just want him because it's a guaranteed millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yep. fighting him so i think that's that's the and it's like the superstar fight thing you know so like that's that's the conor mcgregor draw i think i think i think michael chandler's working his way up to that level though if he keeps on you know if he keeps on entertaining like the way he is mm-hmm. i love michael chandler his his interview afterward was hilarious he's just he's a pretty like not cock like he doesn't he's not a call people out type of guy he's more just like even after the fight, he was talking about how much he respected Tony and like everyone else. I mean, you have like, to respect I, Tony. Tony, 
Yeah. Tony is a legend in the lightweight division. The lightweight division would not be where it's at without mm-hmm. Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson was the boogeyman for the longest time. And that's, I feel that's literally word for word what Michael Chandler said basically was that you got to respect Tony <laughs> Ferguson because he was the boogeyman. Like, that's literally like word for word yep. what he said. I, and I think Tony, I think Tony was at his prime two years ago and he never knew it. And it's sad to see now. I don't think yeah, he fights definitely. Poirier or McGregor. I think he fights maybe – I mean, he's going to drop down to maybe below top 10 in the rankings. I don't think he deserves – Right. I mean – What was a, he, seven, I think? He was going seven, in? yep. Yeah. Yep. I think he fights some good up-and-comer to make it at least interesting because people are going to want to watch – still want to watch Tony Ferguson fight. Right. And he's, – He's he what, looked good. Now? Did he not – he looked good in the first round. He right, looked, right, he just yeah. got he caught. looked decent overall, but yeah, he got caught. Yeah, I mean, anybody can I get mean, caught, literally. Yeah, so, it's, it's the nature I, of the sport. <clears throat> one, one more if thing you guys I want to add about seen, this was, oh, go ahead, Dust. I was just gonna say, if you guys uh, out there haven't watched this fight or haven't seen the kick itself, you gotta go watch it, especially the slow mo. Just, oh my god, I can't even imagine being kicked in the his face. Soul like left that. his body. Oh, yeah, literally. <laughs> But uh, oh. Oh, what are you gonna ask me? Did I make I you lose your train of thought now? I oh, did. No. You did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay though. All right. No last, worries. Last, last question I do want to ask: Did we even mention who? Who do we think Chandler's fighting next? I guess we kind of talked about it, but like, who is uh, who's his next fight? It's got to be one of. Is it maybe Gaethje? No. It could be it could be know. a Gaethje too. That everybody wants to see that. I mean, if you watch right. the first fight between them, that was one of the best fights of all time. I right, exactly. mean, insane slugfest. They're both they both kind of have the same they both kind of have the same style. They're both stand up guys that just throw haymakers. And right. I think in the rematch, Chandler wins. If that does I, happen, I can see that going both ways. That's that's a slugfest of a fight. Either either someone's going to get caught or it's going the distance, you know. It's, it's one of those type of craziness. Ch- when Chandler talked about that fight in the past, he he kind of acknowledged that he kind of went against his game plan. And once he once you're in that environment, he kind of went just rogue and just was he had no guard. He was just standing there in front of him, smiling at him, getting hit in the face so many times. And I think that if if, if they do fight again. He's more. He's gonna be more technical. He's gonna. He's gonna keep his calm in there. I think. Agreed. I I agree. Uh, so hopefully, that's who I would like to see at least. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Uh, Chandler next fight is uh, Gaethje too. I think that would be amazing to watch. The second fight, first title fight of the night, Rose Namahunas. I said that right, Brett. Namahunas. Namahunas versus uh, Namahunas versus Carla Esparza. Yep. S.A. Esparza. Yep. yep. Split yep. decision here. Uh, Rose is oof, not looking like herself. It was just all her on the defensive. Let's just say she's that, on the defensive the whole fight. Let's just say that, okay, Carla Esparza has always been known as a, an excellent wrestler. If you, if you get taken down by her, she's usually going to control you for the whole round. Like, so I can see right. Rose's uh, timidness to to kind of feel her out but when you do it for five rounds and 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 
you get attempted to take down and you get up in a second, that should give you enough confidence to at least start, you know, working in your game and start playing to your strengths because she, she was the clear better striker. She could have taken her mm-hmm. to town on the, on the feet. And I think her corner just ultimately was her downfall. Her corner was encouraging her to keep fighting like that. And I think her corner really sold her on the fight. There's no way that her corner could have thought that she was scoring enough points in the in the judge's eyes to right. Apparently, to, they did though. I know because she said afterwards she thought she won. I know. And I was and I like, I don't. You were backing up the whole time. Right. If you if you're if you're the champion, you have to show that you're the champion. Like the judges are gonna want to gonna want to score against you even more if you're fighting like that and you're the champion. You and know? there was right. also a parts of, of round two and three, especially where it looked like she was just checked out. Like it was like, where is your, what's, are you like, is your head in this fight or like what? I think that I was know. just the game plan to just, I don't know. To That's crazy. It, I think it was the stats were the least amount of significant strikes landed in the five round fight. 67 was, total between the two of them. It was the abs- absolutely. 37 for Rose and 30 for Carla. I'm not gonna lie. I was, I almost fell asleep during the fight. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah it like, was. This thing was like. Uh, it was a boring fight. It was very boring, and it reminded yeah, me of a Floyd Mayweather a, boxing match. It's just and, like right. And, it's like I'm and, watching Floyd. And and I don't think Rose gets the gets the rematch for that fight until that that belt either changes hands or aspars the fights a couple more times because nobody wants to see the rematch. There's no way Dana White makes that matchup. Right, I agree. So, yeah, for, I, I think Rose just shot herself in the foot. Yeah, I agree. And and being a, I I love Rose. Being so a do fan I. Of Doug Rose, like after, uh just that performance was just not fun to watch. It was extremely boring, like you said. And and I kind of honestly lost some respect for her, or at least her team, because. I just don't get how that can be the game plan coming into a, a title fight like that. I do get I do get that game plan starting out, but as mm-hmm. the fight develops and you okay. see yeah. how you're getting pushed the whole time, once it gets to round right. two or three, you have to realize you you have to go on and be aggressive or you're gonna lose the fight. It's just like I just felt there wasn't an adjustment once once they it was fairly obvious, I feel like, to anyone watching that Carlo is the one pushing Rose the whole time. And once you get that feeling, I feel like you got to change your game plan and try to try to get into it, especially like Brett said, where Rose was getting up like most of the time, pretty much from any takedown attempt. So it's like she should have more confidence too as a fight developed because of that. I felt like. Yeah, and she even tweeted today. Actually, I just seen this. She tweeted, "I fucked up." Yeah. So I think I she watched. That. I think she watched the fight over again and realized that. You know, I, I think she she's kind of coming to terms with why she lost. Yeah, and mm-hmm. even in the post fight press conference, she was kind of she was kind of angry. You know, she didn't really understand why she lost. She she wanted to fight a strategic fight. She said, "Why do I have to go into every fight and it has to be a slugfest? Why do I have to fuck my face up every every fight?" She said basically. Fair points. But there was just no action in. Yeah. And none. And honestly, okay, I'm, I'm going to give her this. I thought she won, but I can see why the judges didn't give her what one of the judges scored it 
four rounds for Esparza and one round for yeah, Rolf. I can see, was... I can see why they did that. I guess, but I did see a picture. I don't know if this was photoshopped or not of the judges watching the Canelo fight during the freaking oh during, man during Rose's. I hope fight. that's so, not true. Yeah, I, I think it was photoshopped. But. <laughs> That's funny. Gosh, I hope that's not true. The scoring, though, for those that don't know, 48-47, Carla, 48-47, Rose, and then 49-46, Carla. So, yeah, it was close. Um, I mean, Rose had more strikes, but, yeah, she was definitely in the defensive the whole time. And I don't know. I, I was just really disappointed with the fight as a whole and definitely with Rose's performance. I feel bad for anybody watch coming to watch UFC for the first time and they have to watch that fight. Right, that was – yeah, that was the first. Yeah, I totally those agree. Are, those are Next. the type of fights in UFC <laughs> where you're like, Bleh. yeah, right. Goes down right. as one of the worst of all time for sure. Absolutely. Then other title fight: Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. Uh, this one, this one had a lot of uh, attention going into it. Obviously, given the the names there. Charles missed weight. What are your guys' thoughts on that? He he was a half pound off. Uh, wasn't able to get it done in the hour, the extra hour they do give the the fighters. And so yeah, he was a uh, stripped of his title, and and he's not technically the champ anymore. Even though obviously uh, he, he won, might not, but... he might not he might not technically be the champ, but everybody knows he's the champ. He, right. Exactly. And the, the what do you guys think about was, the, the missing scale? weight? There was scale controversy. Okay. Okay. Was, what what is that? So the scale controversy was that pe- that the scale was off by a pound or something, which I mean I don't really know the, the all the details on that, but I don't get why we're still using scales like they're using. Why don't we go to digital scales? Like why are we still using the scales where you gotta move yeah, the Yeah, they're slider? still using the right, right. digital and that, scales. What are we doing? exactly what are we doing and and if you if you were to miss weight by 0.5 pounds in a non-title fight you'd be completely fine but i guess there has to be rules i guess but i mean we all know charles is the champion no matter if he has the belt or not with the performance he just put on and his 11 fight win streak i mean it's undeniable. Yeah, it's, it's it's undeniable yeah. that Charles is going to go down as one of the best lightweights of all time. He's creeping up on Khabib right now, like in the conversation to me at least. Especially with total wins, Oliveira has right. got thirty three total wins. So He's like, got the most finishes in UFC history, the most submissions in UFC history. Justin Gaethje's ground defense is good, and Oliveira made Justin it look Gaethje, like he was like like yep. a piece of crap. It was just Justin, like. Even though he got the first one and then Gaethje got out of it a little bit, and then it was immediately just back in locked in. It's like Justin Gaethje was a was a was a state champion wrestler. He was a I think it was a college, wasn't he like division two or something, college champion or something, I think. Yeah, I think something along those lines. He's got a good ground defense and good wrestling background. And he does. Oliveira made him look like he'd never been in the octagon before when he was on the ground. It's crazy. Well, and even like he got he got Oliver on the ground a couple times, and just like he didn't even look like he wanted to take advantage of it because he was like almost scared. He's like, I don't want to be on the ground with Oliveira. <laughs> That's what's hard for all those punchers with Oliveira is they can't go because there's always traps. Oliveira's got like traps at every different like 
part of his game. Like you do this a little too much, trap you're in a submission. You get too close to him, too aggressive, trap you're in a submission. It's just like so the fighters are always like sketched out about going in on him because it's he's got all there's, that stuff he can just. There's so many mind games that he plays with you. You know, like when he goes and he shakes the hands of all the opponents' coaches before the fight. Yeah. That's just a that's just a mind game <laughs> within itself. You know. Absolutely. I love it. What's and, yeah? I what's mean, next for Charles then? Because it's clear that he's a fight with whoever whoever he, they want to put up. Okay, I'm gonna right. ask because I because I, I know who I think he should fight, but I want to hear from you guys who what interests you and what do you think who deserves it. The fight I think would be the most interesting. I don't know if this guy necessarily deserves it, but I think the best fight, and I don't think this would be that good of a fight either. But I think the best fight would probably be Michael Chandler. If I had to, if I had to pick somebody I want to see, I think it would be Chandler. I don't know if Chandler's earned that or if they would give that to him or not, but that's the one I think I want to see. Spinny, do you remember their their fight for the vacant for the interim title? I think it was. That's when Charles. No. That's when Charles got his belt at first. Got the belt. He fought Michael Chandler. You remember that or no? I don't remember the details of that one at this moment, if I'm being honest. TKO. Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler almost. He was. He was two seconds away from beating Charles Oliveira. Two seconds. He was absolutely destroying him with punches. He knocked him down. Charles was covering up on his stomach, covering up, and then he flipped over and got into his. His uh, his guard like like he did with Gaethje when he got knocked down both times and the fight continued, and and Olivera knocked him out, but that fight was literally two seconds away from going to Michael Chandler. So I agree, I wouldn't mind seeing that rematch. Yeah, that that's honestly what I was going to say as well. Given um, how well he performed on Saturday night, I don't I don't see why that would be an issue, but. Um, obviously, before this uh, Ferguson fight, he did take two L's in a row, obviously, including the, the one to trials, as you were just talking about. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see who they choose. But, I mean, it's clearly going to be Charles versus somebody because, I mean, he's a he's a champ. Even though he's not the champ, he obviously is a champ and deserves to be in that, that vacant title fight there. No doubt about it. It's not if even I, a debate, If honestly. I had to pick somebody, it's it's got to be Islam Mahakov. It's, it's got to be. Say that. I knew you were going to say that. It's got to be because I mean, I, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing um, Chandler. You like that versus, better than Darius? I was just going to say I wouldn't mind seeing Chandler versus Oliveira. Let Chandler get his belt, or I mean, let Oliveira get his belt back, and then have um, Hakev fight Darius. If he proves You're that the he's winner of that. if he yeah if he proves that he's at that top level, Mahakev. Because he's he's still pretty, he's still pretty, you know, he's still kind of a rookie-ish, but he's he's on a ten fight win streak. So ten fight win streak versus an eleven fight win streak, which would be eleven versus twelve at that point if they both win, that'd be a a blockbuster right there. And I don't know if Charles can easily walk through that. Mahakov is scary. Yeah, he is. He is. And that might be, and that might be a new, a new start of a new reign. I think. I think Mahakev has a, a very good chance of winning that fight. But, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I like that. uh... Go ahead, Spinny. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be one of those guys between between Islam and Darius and Chandler. It's got to be one of those three guys, right? That gets that's the that's yeah, the no doubt for for Charles. So, and I like the what Brett's perspective is too. You have whatever one of those three you want fight fight Charles for the champ for the vacant championship, and then you have the other two fight, and then that's probably Charles' next fight, the winner of that. I mean, I don't yeah. I don't think that's a bad setup to roll with either. Sam yeah, proves themselves. I like that. It. Yeah, I like the to specifically start with Chandler and then uh, let Islam and Darius fight and uh, have the winner of that because I do think Islam is maybe one fight away. From uh, you know, being deserving of fighting for a title, but at this point, with it up to grabs and Charles uh, beating essentially everyone in the lightweight division already, uh, I mean that could be a potential um, next fight. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, do you think it's got to be later this year, right? Or when um, do you guys think he's going to have to fight again? I guess I don't think I think it'll be in the fall, probably. Sometime in the fall. Right. And I also like the Chandler Oliveira matchup because both of them came off quick fights here. Um, yeah, they they both took very surprised. very limited damage, I guess. Yeah, there weren't wars. Yes, yeah, so I feel like, like a quicker fight between those two could be possible, just so we could get a champion. Mm-hmm. Right. That that's a good point there. I like that point. Well, that's that's all we got for UFC 274. Uh, Brett, do you have any other final thoughts about UFC 274 or, but, or any events coming up before uh, we get you off here? I might even include like uh, any of the lower fights that you watched, if you got any of those that were crazy that you want to point out to any of that. Honestly, there was here. there was there was a lot of decisions in this in this uh, in 274. I, I guess uh, Randy Brown versus uh, Kalen Williams was the first fight of the main card. That was a pretty good fight. It went to decision as well, but they were kind of they were it was kind of a war. They were going at each other. Um, they both had they're both kind of up and comers, and they're both uh, could eventually fight. Or Randy Brown, who won, I think he has a chance to potentially fight Kamaru Usman. He's in the welterweight division. If he keeps on winning, he looked pretty good. Um, so maybe look out for that. Um, other than that, I didn't watch the prelims or the early prelims, so I can't really talk about any of those fights. I did not watch them. But they were, it looks like I'm looking right now, and they were all decisions. Every single one of them was a decision in the prelims. So it looks like kind of uneventful for knockouts. But, but uh, yeah, that's all I got for 274. When is uh, future. 275? I want to say um, 275. I got it right here. 275 is uh, June 11th, and June it's 11th. Uh, it's the light heavyweight championship, Glover Teixeira versus Yuri Panchava, and the okay. the the co-main event is there's two really good women's fights in this. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko is fighting, and and uh, Zhang Weili is fighting. You want to? Okay. You want to? Um, I can't say her last name. I was having such trouble with her last name. You want to? I can't even say it. <laughs> Which one is this? Two seventy-five. Two seventy-five. Oh, if I could pull it up, I'd help you out here. Jeez. It's 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 not oh, it's John it's something I'm not. 
Yeah, John. You know, you know the other chick. You want a John J chick? Oh. I can't say her last name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. John J Sheck or it's like there's another syllable I'm missing. Yeah. There's, yeah, I know. Like, I know. There's three syllables that I could get to. Sorry, no disrespect to you. Your name's just long. <laughs> the next fight <laughs> night. The next fight night. Um, May 14th is Jan. Next, next weekend is Jan Bohovich is fighting. Yeah. So I'm excited for that oh, main no. event. Um, and if we're looking all the way ahead to 276, that card is stacked. That's Adesanya and uh, and uh, Cannoneer. The U.S. Cannoneer. There you go. And the and trilogy. Holloway. And the trilogy. So I'm so excited for that. Oh yeah. You think that. Max has got it? You think Max has got it? I think he got robbed last fight. So we'll see. We will see, and I think if good. I think if Volk wins, I'm excited for it. I think if Volk wins, he's going straight up to lightweight, and he's getting a title shot instantly for the lightweight title. He deserves it. Literally, if he, if why he beats not? Volk yeah. again. And yeah. and Dana and I watched Dana White, uh, Dana White in the 274 press con or post fight press conference, and they somebody asked a question about the trilogy of Volk and and Max, and about Volk's. Uh, interest in moving up and Dana White even said why not fight champion versus champion that's who doesn't want to see that you know Volk and freaking Charles that yeah. would be sick yeah, that would be insane oh. in, insane and when's the last time we've seen a person hold two belts in 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 uh in two different divisions i think the last one was Connor so yeah other than is. other than Amanda Nunez but Right. Agreed. One last thing, Brett, I want to add because they kind of talked about this um, on a couple of press conferences, especially with Chandler giving him fighting at 155. Do you think a 162 or 163 weight class could be beneficial given the gap between 145 and 170? 155, you mean? Or 155 and 170? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think there's, uh, I, I guess, I guess I'm split because. I'm kind of against the weight cutting, the whole weight cutting thing, because when when they when they weigh in, they're so dehydrated, they're so they have no water weight in their body. It's not healthy. Point. It's not healthy that. at all. No, you're you're destroying your bodies, and by the time the fight comes around two days later, they weigh they weigh one seventy, but they're fighting for the one fifty five. Yeah, for the one fifty five title, it's just. It's unhealthy, but I do think that adding more weight classes in would would spice things up a little bit more. I think. I just so, feel yeah. like that. I just feel like like a guy like Charles, one fifty five is a stretch for him. I think getting down to I think guys like that could benefit from a from a weight class in between there. But all right, well, that was UFC, huh? That was a good one. Yeah, UFC two seventy four. Wasn't quite as exciting as uh, past UFC events, but no, some definitely, definitely some uh, some news to follow going forward uh, with the the vacant title here in the lightweight and seeing who Oliveira gets to fight to to get his title back officially. Agreed. Well, thank you, thanks Brad. Having, All right, yeah, Brad. Thanks appreciate for your analysis. We love you. Yeah, we'll get you night. back on for future events. I'll talk to you uh, rats later. See you, Brett.
So All right. our last topic. We're here. gonna try to we're gonna try to get through this quick for you. All not, we know we've been talking right, a long not, time, but it's not a very. I mean, obviously, no NBA playoffs. Let's be real. You guys all all follow this, and if you don't, I guess you just don't like the NBA. You don't. You, everyone, you suck. Yeah, everyone I'm that likes the you NBA don't suck, the NBA but. playoffs though. But um, East. Let's just start in the East. Heat tied two two. This uh, was looking to be uh, all heat, and then Embiid got cleared, and and now it's been all Sixers. So this is definitely a series to watch going forward. This could definitely get pushed seven games, no doubt about it. Um, I'm a little worried about though. Bam. Yeah, Joel is Joel's unguardable. Man's even got a broken face, and <laughs> he's out here still, still balling with his mask on. Uh, I'm a little worried about Bam. He's there's no. Really, no reports about injuries. I just feel like he's still, he's still not 100. percent He's not looking very good to me, and he is is definitely not capable of guarding Embiid. He um, has been getting torched thus far. So I'm I'm kind of. Uh, we also got to see a vintage James Harden. He kind of stepped back two three years, and uh, was that James Harden at least in Game Four? So that that's something to watch going forward here, and. I guess I don't really have any other thoughts on this series. This is definitely a truly toss-up series. Um, I'm just looking forward to, to watching these last three games. First good game in a long time for Harden. That was cool to see. Embiid's obviously dominant. No one can guard him in the league um, except maybe Giannis or that's it. But, but even that, you know. Um, Harden had a vintage game. Credit to him. First good playoff game and who the heck knows how long. So uh, that was nice, especially in the fourth quarter. That might have been his best his best fourth quarter in the history of his playoffs. But last night was the most fourth quarter points he's ever scored in a playoff game in his career. So um, shout out James Harden um, there on that one. I picked the Heat. I'm going to stick with it. I think the Sixers have a sneaky chance, though, given how unguardable Joel is. Bucks Celtics. That series game four is about. 15 minutes away here as we record um, Bucks. Nice, uh, nice win there in game game three. I think the Celtics squandered some opportunities played behind the whole game. Tatum was obviously awful. Terrible. So uh, hopefully yeah. we see a comeback here, but this is a must win game for Boston because uh, you're not beating Giannis three games in a row. He's too good. He's the best player in the league. So if you don't win tonight, makes it very, 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 very difficult, and then uh, Bucks would have it. Also, Rob Williams out tonight for Boston. That scares me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's not but good. He's, he's been not playing that wonderful anyway, but it's just the depth in the front court without him is sketchy, so that's the only part I worry about. More Daniel Tice playing time, which I don't necessarily love either. But uh, let's go seize tonight because otherwise it's chef's over. Yeah, I know those are your boys, Spinny, but I'm I'm actually genuinely starting to get worried about Celtics here. Um, obviously, four games left potentially in this series, but to be down to one on the road against the best player in the world—that's and and I Must just win. said it. I don't. I know some of you guys are probably you know mouse open, eyes wide when I when I say that because. Uh, those that know me and know my my sports opinions, I'm not a fan of Giannis. I don't like Giannis whatsoever. But there's no debate at this point. This man's clearly the best player in the league. So to be playing that type of caliber of a player and be down 2-1 on the road, this is uh, this is very, very concerning to me. And like you said, Spinny, if 
they lose tonight, you can just chalk up this series. It's over. There's no chance the Celtics can beat the Bucks three games in a row. Uh, there's just no way. There's no way Giannis would let that allow that to happen. So this is something to watch. We'll see in, like Spinney said, in about 15 minutes. Uh, if the Celtics are able to tie this up, I hope so. Definitely need uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to knock down shots, jump shots tonight. Western Conference, though. Another another series that's um, all of a sudden a lot more interesting than people thought I had. I think I chose uh, Suns in six. So uh, I'm starting to think this maybe even gets pushed to seven, given that the Mavs already got two wins here. Uh, two, two going in. I think game game five's got to be tomorrow night, I would imagine. Or maybe it's maybe it's Wednesday night. I'm not sure there. But yeah, this is this is quite the series going forward. Spinny. I guess the one thing I want to ask you about this series, what do you got? What do you think about this whole CP3 situation that happened? Do you, do you see that everything that's happened uh, on Twitter and everything like that these last 24 yeah. hours? I don't know. It's crazy. What do you think about I, that? I don't, if, if you're touching a player's family, you're an idiot, first of all. So right. I don't care what the context is. You don't touch people you don't know. And especially like in that situation, like that's messed up. But uh, I think the over CP3, a little bit overreacted to. I, the, honestly, it's just been a lot of, like, s- stupid overreaction other than the family thing. I don't know exactly the details of that, but you that's something you don't do no matter what. Right. You don't not – even, not even just, like, players, families. Like, you, you don't touch other people in general. Like – don't be yeah. putting hands on people, especially if they're opposing fans. Like, just because they're cheering for the other team doesn't mean you need to lay hands on them, touch them, push them, whatever you do. Like, so, so here, here it says the fans tried to hug CP3's family. Unruly, it says, unruly fans harassed Chris Paul's family during game six. They're banned from the arena until 2023. Attempted to give unwanted hugs and have conversations. So they're essentially like going up and like trying to hug, force hug Chris Paul's wife and his kids and, and family his like mom. that. Yeah. Um, his mom. Yeah. It's literally Mother's Day too. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. That's just, I, just obvious. I saw people. people you don't do that to people. Right. And I saw people trying to defend the person because uh, I don't know if you saw the video, Spinny, of the, the mom and the kid walking away. It, it was like a kid. It, yeah. it looked like to be like a 15 year old kid. Um, yeah. but let's be real. You're 15 years old. You are smart enough to know right and wrong. And if you don't know that's wrong, then, uh, um, his parents got some better parenting to do because that's just like we said, that's just an obvious thing you don't do, especially, especially a player's family. Don't and do I, that I, shit. And you I don't, don't think chart, I don't think charges are pressed and, uh, right. So there wasn't. So, the ban is what he, they deserve in the situation. It's not like anything that really affects their life hardcore. So right, uh, and it wasn't even anything crazy. It was just one season. Next year, they're banned. Yes. That's, that, that's yeah. it. So, so I think that's good. I think I think everyone just needs to learn from it in the situation and uh, not be stupid. Um, yeah. So hopefully, going forward, fans don't be doing that kind of crap. Um, but yeah, no one. Please don't defend him being like, "Oh, he's just a kid. He's just a kid." No, his ears are pierced. He's tall. He's a whole head taller than his mom. He's old enough to to make his own decisions and be an adult. So let's not let's not defend him in that regard. Warriors let's teach our kids to be good to people. 
Right. It's just, you know, it's just common sense. Treat treat others the way you want to be treated. <laughs> it's the golden Great. rule of the, of the land. Um, but, yeah, well, that's an interesting series. I'm sticking with the Suns. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's clear the the Mavs can do and go as far as Luka will take them. So I'm, I'm a little worried about the Mavs maybe next year even. If they, if they add another piece – I know there was uh, rumors about Rudy Gobert. If they if they went that route and got another paint protector, I don't know. They're they're one more piece away. If they get another piece, I think they're a legit championship contenders. Because I know you're ready on good. that wave. Yeah, because Luca is that damn good. That's the thing. Luca's a top five player. Luca Luca has a real shot to be the best player in the league at some point in his career. Um, and when you got players with that level of talent. Man, you just have to put the pieces around him, and they pretty much have from a three-point shooting perspective. Now you just need a second, probably more defensive-based star, and uh, I think they'd be they'd be a real, real contender. Warriors Grizz, though, this series is over. Sorry, um, Jaw out game four. I don't care their record without Jaw during the regular season. This is not the regular season, yeah. and this is the this is playoffs. Like and. <laughs> They have not had success beating the Warriors off the dribble other than Jaw. It's been a lot of Jaw creation right, and then yeah. offensive rebounds and and shot making <clears throat> off of that. So we'll see um, how the creation is and stuff. I hope I'll root for my guy Tyus Jones. Hopefully he can uh, do some fun Hopefully stuff tonight. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the Warriors have the series. Too much scoring. If Clay's making one footed threes and Jordan Poole's suddenly yeah, a if star Jordan yeah. <laughs> so, and Kaminga's had contributions and Draymond's playing well. So they, there's just so many guys, so many good bodies, so many shot makers for the Warriors. And so I, I, I think they got it. And I think that either Suns, Mavs against the Warriors, whoever that is, that series is going to be real fun. And, and apparently Jordan Poole is just like, I don't even know. This guy's apparently Steph Curry because Honestly, yeah, so far this playoffs, he's been the best player. He just goes off every night. I don't get it. Where is this man coming from? He was Agreed. nothing in the first two years. He was even back and forth in the G League his first two years in the league. And now this year, third year, all of a sudden he's averaging 18 a game. And then in the playoffs, he's going 30-plus points every night. Like, Crazy. who is this man? But Absolutely. Uh, absolutely insane. This is what we uh, are going to see from Jordan Poole going forward. For sure. And I mean, he's only 23 years old or 22, whatever he is. But I do, before we, uh, before we wrap this up here, I do want to get your opinion on this picture here. This uh, situation where allegedly, you know, obviously I don't play this, but this is uh, the play that Ja believes he injured his knee when uh, Jordan grabbed his knee there. And I don't know. To, to go on to social media immediately after the game and call out another player for allegedly purposely hurting you, that that's too much, John. Come on. That's that's not something you should be doing. And, like, seriously, do you really think another person, like, is literally out here like, ooh, I see Jaws' knee. I'm going to try breaking it. Like, come on. Jordan Poole's not trying to purposely hurt you. And they knocked knees right before this on that same play. And I think that's right. what the injury is from. And then Poole was obviously Agreed. just doing the reaching for a steal. And then he realized he wasn't stealing it. And he tried to do the quick pullback so he didn't get the foul call. Like, that's what it was. Like, I don't – whatever. The same things got hot in this series because Steve Kerr way overreacted in his reaction to Dylan Brooks. 
And then right. as soon as that happened, up. everything got hot. And I don't think Dylan Brooks had was a dirty play at all. I think he was over aggressive. He deserved the suspension given what happened, Thank given you. smoking him in the face. But it wasn't a dirty play. He wasn't trying to hurt him. He was going for the ball and it's playing right. basketball. And I think once Thanks. that Thanks. overreaction happened, it's an overreaction from the other way by Jenkins and Jaw. And it's just Jaw deleted that tweet like 30 minutes after. But, right. but yeah, that's that's I think the how why this has become so much bigger of a deal than it is. And it's playoff freaking basketball. For goodness sakes. Right. I I couldn't have said it any better. I was going to make that exact same point with the Dylan Brooks thing. Everyone blew that out of proportion. And now this is just like the next the next thing. So it's it's physical basketball. It's, it's playoff basketball. Like you said, there's there's no way. And plus, with the, the Dylan Brooks thing, um, Gary Payton hurt his arm on the fall down. It's not like he yeah. like went after his arm on the way up. Like like you said, he just fouled him hard. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a dirty play. He was over aggressive. He said today, I I just saw a Bleacher Report notification pop up on my phone that he said he de- he definitely regressed the play, obviously because yeah. it ended up getting him suspended. But he doesn't get the the broke the code talk, yeah. the the Steve yeah. Kerr overreaction. He doesn't get that. He's like, I'm and, just I'm just all Steve Kerr hard. is the one that brought that broke the code thing out, and so I think right. Jaw was right. more of a shot at that than it was an actual exactly mad about the cool play. That's but, that was his tweet. Was a in yeah. quotes he said broke the code or something like yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah, just I don't know. Definitely, definitely, a situation being blown out of proportion by by uh, people on both teams and by because um, even Taylor Jenkins was was pissed at Jordan Poole after yeah. the game in the me- post game. So it's like a lot of overreactions here, and obviously the media doesn't help that as well. So, but like we said, this series is over. Warriors got this wrapped up, especially with Jao. This is this is nothing. So keep an eye on these series going forward, but uh, we definitely expect the the Warriors for sure out of these three series um, to wrap it up. No doubt about it. Well, that's all we there got we for episode Hola. thirteen. Another longer one, but uh, we did forewarn you that on on Twitter for those those of you fans that follow us on Twitter. Um, we actually are going to cut it off right now too. We don't have any questions. Y'all got to pick it up, okay? Y'all got to pick up when we tweet. Send us questions for Q and A, please do, please do. I know, I know. Sometimes I know a lot of y'all are even our friends, and uh, and think you know maybe that other people are sending us questions or whatever. But uh, this week we actually generally did not get a question, so um, which is not a big deal, not a big deal whatsoever. But uh, this is just something we'd like to do to interact with you guys. I think it makes it more personable, and uh, I think it'd be more fun to just get more input from you guys. So. Just keep sending us questions. I know it might be tedious. I know it might be uh, a lot for you guys. But, you know, anything that pops in your head sports-related um, that we can debate, we'll, we'll talk it up in this Q&A segment. So going forward, uh, keep us uh, – keep giving us content to talk about there. Spinny, you have any uh, closing comments? Just we know you guys like sports. So uh, any of your bar arguments, arguments with the boys, girls, others, mm-hmm. whatever you're – your people are just uh, just give us those, you know, and we like to throw those things in here in Q and A. But we love you all. Thank you for listening, and uh, this Absolutely. was a fun one. So, peace out, hard headed. We love you, and good night. See y'all on episode fourteen.